At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with nature photographer David Kingham, a full-time traveler and photographer, and also the owner of Nature Photographers Network. We talk about his company, what it was like to go viral back in 2014, what it's like being an introvert in photography, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, David. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Well, thank you, Ty. I'm glad to be on the show. So I'm David Kingham. I am originally from Colorado, and I am obviously a nature photographer. I focus on a mix of grand scenics, um, a lot of intimate landscapes. I do a lot of black and white. I really have fallen in love with that lately, so I'm doing that more and more. Um, I also got really well known for my nightscape photography, and I've recently just got back into that. So I have to get some new gear to get into that. But yeah, otherwise, um, I focus on things like contemplative photography and 
really encouraging people to find their vision. I think that's <laughs> me in a nutshell. That's a great introduction. I really like that you are so diverse and you focus on the nightscape photography, as you said, and also monochrome photography and landscapes just separately. I think it's very interesting and we'll have a lot of fascinating things to talk about. But I want to quickly dive into nightscape photography. What kind of gear is required for that? So these days, um, nothing too special. Um, if you have a newer camera, that's going to be good enough. A full frame is ideal, but um, today's cameras are so good that even a crop sensor, you can uh, definitely do some nightscape photography with that. Biggest thing is you need a fast lens. So by fast, I mean um, something with a big aperture, like at least f 2.8. And that's really all you need in a solid tripod, of course. Um, it's really not that hard um, to get into the the basic stuff of it. So it's accessible to pretty much anyone these days. When I first started out, it was much harder and you had to have really specific things to get started with it. But today, any camera will do pretty much. That's interesting. You made it sound really approachable. For me, just up until now, I thought that nighttime photography in general was very intimidating and it required mm -hmm. these telescopic lenses or something. <laughs> way out of my reach so it's good yeah. to even a crop sensor isn't yeah it? it's it's interesting even on you know workshops people are very intimidated by it and think it's something that's going to be super hard but once you learn a few basic things it's really not that challenging and anybody can do it really as long as you have some you know decent night vision be able to <laughs> see yeah. what you're doing oh uh, yeah but it's pretty easy actually and when it comes to other kinds of photography, just your photography in general, what camera equipment do you use? So I'm currently using a Canon R5. I recently switched from a Fuji um, X-T3. So I personally just think gear doesn't matter that much. I only switched because my Fuji was kind of dying because I had abused it for like seven years and they hadn't released the latest stuff yet and I really needed a new camera. Plus I wanted to get back more into night photography and the, you know, the crop sensor while it works, it's not um, ideal to create like the absolute best work. So that was one of the reasons I switched. But in general, I tell people that all the cameras today are amazing. Whatever you pick is going to be great. So um, don't fret about that too much and don't be switching gear all the time because then you just um, lose your ability to quickly think. Uh, when you're using your camera so usually you want to stick with the same brand <laughs> yeah that's a nice perspective and i completely agree i think you can create amazing photographs using any camera equipment of course full frame cameras i'm a little bit biased <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely love them but yeah i also have a crop sensor i have a canon atd and that works wonderfully as well in different situations yeah. so yeah you're the owner of Nature Photographers Network. As you state on your website, it's a discussion forum that primarily focuses on honest image critiques. What are the benefits of receiving constructive criticism? Oh, there are so many benefits. You can you know, learn so much from other people that have different types of experience and different levels of experience. I know I learned so much because um, I was on NPN um, many, many years ago. And because it's been around since uh, about 2000. I got some amazing feedback on there and I've met so many friends that I'm still friends with today. And it's just such a powerful way to grow your photography in a really quick manner um, by getting those different perspectives. So that's my story behind it. And that's why I decided to 
actually by the Nature Photographers Network because that's been, I don't know, four or five years ago now. I can't remember. But I revitalized it because I didn't want to see that resource go away because it's just it's amazing community and amazing way to learn from other photographers. So I've brought that back and it's really become this vibrant community and we're really ramping it up even more this year and getting more focused on critiques. And so there's there's so many aspects to that. And we actually, we're just working on a new infographic that kind of goes over the art of image critique and um, talks about the different aspects of what goes into a good critique. That's amazing. It's so cool that you bought the website and that you revitalized it. And now you have this thriving community. That's really, really exciting. And I'm sure that it helps a lot of nature photographers. And you're right, image critiques, it's an art. And it is. Something that isn't easy to do. We have our own community of photography course. And sometimes some of the members ask for constructive criticism. And it takes me a while to observe their images and provide them with something. I always try to be honest, but it's challenging. You learn a lot about yourself in the process, right? Oh, yeah, you absolutely do. I think actually giving critiques, you can learn so much more than receiving them because it makes you think about what is important in the image um, and looking at each and every aspect of it and figuring out why things work and why they don't. So being able to critically assess another photograph that's you know another professional or um, your own or just looking at anyone's photos and figuring out what you like about them what you don't because most people don't spend the time to actually think about those things they just look at the photo and like oh i like this or i don't so getting down to those details and figuring out what it is exactly Exactly. Yeah. It's this interesting, mysterious thing to me. Whenever I do it, I end up learning something new and even yeah. didn't expect to learn anything I still do. And it just shows that we always have room to grow in as photographers. Oh, absolutely. Um, even, you know, the seasons, season pros, you know, I'm good friends with a lot of people that are really top level photographers and they are learning and growing every day. And we, we never stop the journey of learning and um, growing our vision, especially with photography. So that's one thing I really love about um, the craft is just you're never, never stop learning. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. It's so exciting. You mentioned earlier that you are creating an infographic related to image critiques and how to mm-hmm. write them properly. What should people keep in mind when they give constructive criticism and what should they also avoid? So when they're giving criticism, of course, you, you know, you want to start by telling the person or you want to, I guess you want to start by analyzing the image and really taking your time, like I said, to really analyze every little detail about it, really get yourself into the image, notice all those little details, all the things that might be distracting and, you know, things you like about it, reasons why it flows, um, looking at the composition and then you want to start off your critique by um, starting out with the positives. You know, what is it that you like about this? You're not, you know, attacking them. <laughs> you want to start by telling them what you like. You know, even if it's something really minor, starting on the right foot there. And then you give your, your critique, of course, in a you know, kind and gentle manner, but being honest and telling them, you know, what could be improved and especially the why behind why it needs to be improved you know tell the person 
um, how you think that this can help them match their vision, vision closer. And that's a really important aspect too, is we, when someone puts an image up for critique, um, we ask them to explain the why behind it. You know, tell us why you created this, what you think works, what you think doesn't, um, so that we can have a more focused critique on what the photographer is trying to achieve, um, especially with their vision of it. Because it's not just about you pushing your vision on to the person asking for critique. It's about understanding their vision of what they want to achieve and then telling them how they can achieve that. And we also ask if there's any emotions that it brings out in you. Tell the person that. So that can help them understand what, if they're achieving their vision. Um, and then giving any processing advice, um, how they can improve it to help meet that vision. Of course, you never want to attack the other person. You want to be very kind about it. Um, and then finish the critique by reinforcing those positive strengths. So it always starts with positive, then you give the critique and end with the positive. So that's kind of the the primary aspects of it. So we really encourage members to not just post their photos for critique, but to give them as well. That's really helpful. And it's even more valuable because you consider the original photographer's perspective and you adjust your critique according to that. And I think that takes it to another level. And as you said, you're not projecting your own style onto them. You're actually working with their style in a way. Yeah, it takes a lot of skill. You need to be talented in that area. You mentioned that around four or five years ago, you purchased Nature Photographers Network and you revitalized it. How did that affect you as a photographer, having this own community of your own that you own? I think it's kind of intimidating, but it's probably inspiring as well. That's a good question. Actually, I don't, you know, the site isn't about me. Um, I never wanted it to be like to be promoting myself or anything like that. So it's been more of a, I don't know, just a creative challenge to figure out how to get this community revitalized. So it's it's been fun working with um, all these different people and challenging at times. So I think it's um, helped grow in my social skills in a way. Um, and I'm still learning, still getting, trying to get better at that because I'm um, naturally very much an introvert and try to avoid things like conflict. And, and so it's it's been challenging on the the personal front of it. Photography-wise, I don't know that it's changed my photography, really. Um, I just kind of do my own thing. And um, I don't know, I guess uh, just seeing all sorts of different images. And because we don't just focus on landscape photography. It's a mix of avian and wildlife and macro and abstract, all sorts of different things. So seeing all those different styles of photography has been good for me, too. And I've kind of branched out and started doing more things with wildlife and even though it's hasn't really been my thing in the past but experimenting with that trying to put my own vision on it playing with like long exposures with birds and stuff like that that i never would have done before so i think i guess it has challenged me a little bit creatively yeah primarily it's just been just a labor of love trying to um, get things going with it. And it's it's been fun to try to get this community together. So I'm really enjoying it. It's very nice. I think the most important thing is that you're enjoying it. And also, I think it's very exciting that you made that community your own because before that, you were just a member, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was had just been a member and not really for that long. Um, I kind of came in at the tail end when things were starting to kind of die off there. 
because of social media and stuff was just coming onto the scene. Yeah, I just didn't want it to go away. So I took the plunge and <laughs> yeah. haven't looked back. Fantastic that you've done that for the community because, as you mentioned, social media is very present now, especially with Instagram and Facebook. And those are great platforms for people. But at the same time, I think a lot of photographers are still looking for a place they can call their own in a way, something mm -hmm. outside of those main popular apps. And so it does help to have a website like yours where people can find a really tight-knit and close community. Yeah, it is. It's kind of weird what social media has become. Um, I think it it used to be a lot more interesting and there was a lot more connections made personally, but things have just changed. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I, I definitely don't like social media anymore and I'm pretty much off of everything. You know, post on Vero occasionally, but um, I just, I don't like Instagram or Facebook anymore at all. So I just... I avoid it as much as possible. I just don't like the kind of culture that it's created. So I prefer NPN much more. And that's, I think a lot of people would appreciate it because of what social media has become. And I think this is a lot more genuine place to really make connections with people. And, you know, we don't allow any talk to happen on there. No politics, no, nothing controversial. So it's just kind of this escape to just talk about nature photography and just totally focus on that. So it's it's nice to just get away from all the drama in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. I also can't quite put my finger on what it is about social media that puts a lot of people off. I recently deleted my Instagram for good. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I just got really tired of it because I think I was mostly putting pressure on myself to post a certain kind of content. Yeah. Same time... In the back of my mind, there was this constant comparison. It wasn't doing anything good for my creativity. So I just yes. decided to delete it. Not that I had many followers to begin with, but still, it felt like a big decision for me. It was yeah. very liberating. Very, very liberating indeed. But, yeah, I, I've been wanting to do that for years. Jennifer tells me I can't do it because I need to promote myself. But <laughs> Yeah, I think if you're a full-time photographer, it's a completely different situation. Because for me, it's always just been a hobby. So I think maybe I would be less interested in doing that if it was a career of mine, probably. Yeah, but I, I do think that I've since I've stepped away from it, because I hardly post at all anymore, that I have become more creative and I'm you know, finding my own vision more because I'm not inundated with those images that are just over the top all the time. And it's allowed me to focus more on creating the quiet images that I like and not just these epic grand landscapes. Yeah, social media compels people to only post the best of the best, which right. I mean, it's difficult to compete with that nowadays because there are so many people who travel and who get to see these amazing places, which is great, but some people maybe cannot travel all the time. So compared mm -hmm. to those great photographers, they feel somehow incompetent and it ends up uh, in a very bad, dark rabbit hole. Compared yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, the alternative is to be a part of a community like yours, as you said, where there are basically no algorithms, right? There's no politics or drama. There's people yeah. to compare yourself to, of course, but in a healthy way because there's the constructive criticism aspect of it. So I think that's the alternative for a lot of people who don't really get along with social media, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely no algorithms. Everything's just, you know, based upon when you posted it or when someone replied. And there's no agenda. 
Right. Yeah. That's the only agenda is that we want to help people grow and learn in their photography. That's it. Yeah. It's a def- very different place to go. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. A very healthy environment to be in. Yeah. You're a full-time traveler and photographer, which sounds pretty amazing to me. What is required to have a lifestyle like this? Um, well, it's, uh, first of all, it's not always amazing. <laughs> Oftentimes it's um, quite the struggle. But I say what you need is, I guess, the freedom to be able to do it, first off. You know, a lot of people, you know, they don't have the flexibility to do what we do, obviously, uh, especially if you have kids. You know, we don't have kids ourselves. And, you know, obviously most people have jobs, so they can't do that. But I used to have a job too. And I, you know, thankfully was laid off, which forced me into this kind of lifestyle. Yeah, it just takes a lot of patience. I guess you you need to be a bit of a handyman because things break all the time. <laughs> you need to have internet. So we've had, you know, lots of different cellular hotspots and things to keep connected all the time. And most recently we just got Starlink. So now we can stay connected even in the most remote areas possible. Yeah, and just having kind of a I don't know, a different aspect on or outlook on life to live this in a different way because you um, have a little less of a community, I guess, um, because you're not always in one spot. We have lots of friends that we meet up with that who are also um, full-time or even part-time travelers quite often. Um, So we still have some of that sense of community. So it's, it can be hard to find that, but um, there's a lot more people doing this these days. So um, we haven't found it to be that hard. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a struggle all the time. Lots of different things. Hashtag RV life or hashtag van life is just so glamorized on social media. Like it's some amazing thing every day and you wake up and, you know, just everything's amazing about it. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, it's it's a challenge a lot of the time. And um, I wouldn't trade it, um, but people should need a reality check that it's not as as amazing as it looks on social media. Yeah. Thank you for the honest feedback. And you also have two cats. So I guess that adds to the Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we love our cats and couldn't imagine not having them with us, but yeah, it makes it really hard, especially they're getting older and they um, are getting sick more often. So, you know, that's why we delayed our interview from last month is one of our cats was sick or actually both of them got sick. Uh, so they were in out of the vet. Thankfully, we were here in Denver where we ha- kind of have a home base. So we were able to take them there quite easily. But when you're out on the road, like we're about to go to Death Valley um, in California, and it's pretty remote. We're you know two hours away from a good vet. Um, so if something happens, it's quite, quite challenging and it could mess things up pretty quick. So, you know, finding vets on the road and things like that is is very challenging, but totally worth it. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you love it, then it's absolutely worth it, in my opinion. And even if it's something that not everybody in the world does, I think if it it feels liberating to you, if it inspires you and gives you the life that you want, then I think all the struggles that come with that are definitely worth it, or at least you can tolerate them to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to have a different 
outlook on life, I guess. I've just, I've never wanted to live like a normal life. I've never just wanted to blend in with everyone else and just do the same things. And um, I've always felt like I wanted to do something different and um, not be part of the rat race. So I, I guess that's one aspect of my personality that keeps me going and makes me really enjoy it because, you know, just that normal lifestyle isn't for me, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone's listening and they feel like they can relate to David, then maybe this is the lifestyle for you. Who knows? Maybe you'll inspire someone to start living in a van and traveling. And yeah, never know. Love to try one day. Yeah. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. Your partner, Jennifer Renwick, is also a professional photographer with an incredible portfolio. I think it's very helpful to have someone close to you who is also artistic, whether it's a friend or a relative. Yeah. I'm sure that she provides you with very helpful feedback and supports you throughout your artistic journey. What is the most valuable lesson that you've learned from Jennifer? So, yeah, I mean, I'll say it. Yeah, it's very good to like, you know, have that partner that you can relate with and we bounce things off each other all the time. I'd say what I've learned from her is to kind of, I guess what I'm trying to say is she's very tenacious. And when she finds a project that she wants to work on, then she becomes obsessed with it and she has to complete that project. And I'm like the opposite of that. I just kind of, when I'm doing my photography, I'm just out wandering around and just seeing what catches my eye. And it's all kind of like, scattershot and random so i think by seeing how she works with that and getting a little more focused on things to actually create some projects that have some cohesiveness that's really helped me so it's you know kind of made me think differently about that because i'm so all over the place <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it makes a lot of sense and i guess you have also inspired her to be a bit more spontaneous no probably i don't know if she'd have to confirm or deny that but <laughs> Yeah, I'll need to have a separate interview with her if she's willing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And yeah, it's great to collaborate with people. You have your own community at Nature Photographers Network, and then you have your partner. And I guess it's good to bounce ideas off of each other and yeah. also to learn from each other's 
approaches to photography. Everyone has their own unique way of taking photos and it helps a lot to know someone really closely and to see the way that they take photos because then you can steal some ideas from them or at least some techniques maybe. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely inspire each other. You know, we kind of, we'll go off and do our own things and then we see what each other has done and it might inspire us to, you know, try something similar. You know, she really loves the abstracts. So it helps me see those things differently too because there's a lot of things she sees that I would have never noticed. So it starts you know, opening my eyes up to different things as well. Yeah, it's an amazing collaboration. It sounds really cool. Yeah. You are a full-time photographer, as I've mentioned a few times, and I know that the title of full-time photographer is sometimes a little bit intimidating. It looks like this, it looks like it could be very difficult, especially for people who <laughs> are just starting out and who want to become full-time photographers. So yeah. in terms of earning money, what advice would you give to people who want to pursue photography full-time? When I was starting out, I was listening to like a bunch of different podcasts and reading interviews from people that were professional photographers. And they said that once they became a professional, that they had very little time to actually do photography for themselves because they were focused on the business side and making money. And, you know, that kind of takes priority. And then you don't have time for your photography. And I thought, oh, that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen to me. You know, I can keep this balance. (laughs) And sure enough, you know, the further you go down the rabbit hole, the worse it gets. And you do spend a lot of time trying to make money, managing your business. You know, there's so many aspects that go into it. You're not just doing the photography side. You're, You're, you have to be your own marketing manager. You have to be your CEO. You have to be your accountant, your bookkeeper, um, you have to you know, do things like, you know, we do a lot of workshops, so we have to get permits, we have to take care of our insurance for liability insurance and scheduling hotels and making itineraries. And there's just so many things that go into it. And then, you know, running NPN, that's a whole nother thing. So I, you know, have to coordinate all of these contributors to the site who are um, giving us articles and Now we're going to be creating a magazine soon. So there's just so many things that go into it. It's kind of crazy. (laughs) And I work more now than I ever have. Um, You know, a lot of times it's, it can be 12 hour days sitting at the computer, um, just trying to keep up with everything. But I, I do think because we travel full time, you know, because we're in these amazing locations a lot of the time that, I still am able to do a lot of photography. You know, I can get my work done in the middle of the day and then I can go out and, you know, photograph closer to sunrise or sunset um, or even, you know, just the middle of the day sometimes. Um, so that really helps. But yeah, it's it's hard to balance all of that. So if you're getting into photography, make sure you try to find some balance so you keep your creativity going. So make sure you get out there and photograph as much as you possibly can because it's easy to lose that. I've seen a lot of people kind of lose themselves to the business side of it and um, get too hyper-focused on that because it's, you know, survival is important, but it's not everything to make money. Um, You do have to step away from that and still spend some time on yourself. That would be my advice, I guess. (laughs) 
That's great advice. And yeah, I can see how someone could get very easily lost in the business side of things because you want to survive, as you said, you want to earn money. And there are so many opportunities now, especially online. Yeah. And so it's very easy to get lost in that and the potential of that. But in my experience, and a lot of people have said this on the podcast as well, is if you're struggling with something or if you're brainstorming, it helps a lot to take a break from it, as difficult as that is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Back, you'll, you, your mind will be fresh and you'll feel refreshed as a person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's um, anytime I you know, feel like that, I just, if I go out for a hike, really, especially a strenuous one, totally clears everything up and I feel like a brand new person after that. Yeah, going out and spending time in nature without your camera sometimes can be even more refreshing than spending time with your camera outdoors. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's we go out quite a bit without our cameras and just, especially it's it's so liberating to not carry that weight all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, cameras are heavy mostly. Yeah. yeah, I guess. And now with our or the cameras on our phones, you know, they're so good that we can still if we find something that we really like, create pretty decent photos and still be kind of usable. I actually have some iPhone photos in my portfolio now. It's gotten good enough for that. That's exciting. What phone do you have? Uh, I have the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Okay. I've never used an iPhone, but I have always had a lot of respect for the quality of their cameras. Yeah. (laughs) Very high quality. You mentioned earlier that you host workshops with your partner and you mentioned that permits are necessary. And honestly, that's, that was a first for me because I've never hosted a workshop. I don't even know what kind oh, of yeah. preparing for that. So how important are permits when creating a workshop? Is, some, is that something everybody needs to consider when starting their own business and hosting workshops? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of people that do workshops without permits. And they they get away with it for a long time, but um, there's there's been people that have been caught, gotten kicked out of national parks, and had their reputation ruined. So um, there's that aspect of it, and also the liability aspect of it. If something happens to one of your participants, they get injured, then they could easily um, come back and sue you. And if you don't have a permit and I mean, if you don't have insurance, that's one thing you're going to be in real trouble there. But if you, even if you have insurance and you don't have a permit, then your insurance company is going to come back to you and say, why didn't you have insurance? And we're going to deny this claim. So then you're stuck in the same boat. There's a lot of bad that can come from not having permits. So anytime you're working on, especially on public lands, you know, that's a big thing here in the U.S., you have to have a permit. Um, otherwise, you know, you could get fined for that. So yeah, and they're pretty easy to get. Um, you just have to have, like I said, liability insurance. So that's another aspect to think about. And that's not cheap. So that's something to look into. And then getting the permit itself is fairly easy. You just got to fill out some forms and pay a fee, which usually isn't that expensive. And then you have to be certified in at least first aid and CPR. Jennifer and I are certified as wilderness first responders. Um, So it's kind of another level of training to ensure safety for our clients when we're out in these kind of remote locations. So um, those are probably the main things to consider if you're thinking about teaching workshops. Wilderness first responder sounds very cool. 
<laughs> it's how you should introduce yourself. I'm a wilderness first responder <laughs> and a photographer. <laughs> That's amazing. But I know that the whole you know, document slash permit side of things is uh, probably quite a tedious and boring process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's very important, as you just emphasized. So it's uh, good to keep that in mind, especially if any of the listeners are living in the U.S. and are planning to start their own workshop business. Yeah, and there's for anyone that's looking for a business opportunity, there's an opportunity there to help photographers who are running workshops to create a business where you just go in and get the permits for photographers and take care of all the logistic things. Like that would be amazing. I would pay for that, <laughs> but nobody does that. <laughs> that's a good idea. You're just throwing out business ideas now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. I know a lot of photographers, full-time photographers, who just don't want to deal with that. And I totally understand why, because they just want, terrible. Yeah, they want to meet new people and help them and you know, start earning money. But then the whole documentation side of things, yeah, I can see why that would be a bit of a hassle. And especially with liability, that sounds really scary, actually. Yeah, yeah. So all that stuff is the worst part about it. It's just mind-numbing and I can't stand it, but it's part of it, so... Until yeah. I find someone to take on that business, then <laughs> I'm stuck with it. Yeah, so David is looking for an assistant in that area of things. So if anyone is interested, <laughs> send him a message. There you go. <laughs> the actual workshops obviously make all of that worth it. And I'm yeah. interested to know, what was your first, your very first workshop experience like? Oh, wow. Um, so my first workshop, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. That was when I had just gotten really well known for my night photography. I had an image go viral and then everyone was coming out of the woodwork and like, I want to take a workshop with you. And at the time I had not thought a workshop, hadn't thought about it because it's not something I thought I would be good at because I'm so introverted and very quiet person. So yeah, I, eventually enough people reached out and I was struggling to make money other ways in photography. So I decided to give it a try not knowing what I was getting into. And the first person who signed up ended up canceling because I screwed things up so bad. Oh, no. You know, I had this idea of what a workshop was and we were just going to go out and take photos and teach him the field and that was it. And, and then he came back and asked if we were going to you know, do things in the classroom. I'm like, I no, I wasn't planning on that. So then he canceled. <laughs> Oh, that must have been heartbreaking for you. Oh, it was. It was. So I, I learned from that and I, you know, kind of shifted things up. And so I led my first workshop at a place called Devil's Tower in Wyoming in the U.S. It went well. It was only a couple people that signed up, but it was a good learning experience and met some amazing people, still friends with now. And I just kind of slowly grew into it. I struggled for quite a while because of my personality but i eventually kind of got over that and you know i've become a much better teacher and i think it's made me a much better photographer too because like i said before teaching is one of the best ways to learn because it forces you to learn things in a deeper way so that you're able to explain it so it's it's definitely been a huge change for me personally and professionally to kind of come out of my comfort zone and to be able to teach people that. Yeah, it's been a good experience for sure. 
Yeah, it's good to know. Despite that first uh, unlucky experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great portfolio of, uh, not a portfolio, but you have this experience, this workshop experience that allows you to connect with people and yeah, good that you were able to get over that feeling of just not yeah. being able to speak with people or feeling like your social skills aren't strong enough. And right. that would be an issue for most people. Honestly, yeah. standing in front of a group of people who are eager to learn from you, that's probably nerve wracking. Oh yeah, totally. And since then I've presented at conferences and, um, you know, do lots of um, online stuff over Zoom to big audiences. And so that was another thing was the the pandemic helped me step out of my comfort zone there as well, um, because I had never done like a presentation um, to a group before. So obviously with COVID, we had to ship things up. We were stuck at home. We actually canceled our workshops for a year and a half. So we had you know, our main source of income was gone for that time. So we had to really shift things up and start doing some teaching online. So that forced us out of our comfort zone there totally. And we started doing these webinars and teaching at these online conferences. So that was that was another great learning experience. So taking something that was really bad with COVID and that could have completely destroyed our business. Um, instead, we shifted things up and actually grew from it instead. So that was great. It's great that you were able to adjust to that situation. I know it was a very problematic time for pretty much everyone, I can say. Oh yeah, that was incredibly hard time. It's definitely difficult for me as well and in my own way and for many other people that I know. And so you have to be flexible. Things change all the time and sometimes something unexpected happens and you have to just embrace it in a way and adjust to it. And I'm very happy that you and Jennifer were able to adjust to that and to create something different from it. That's really exciting. Yeah. And yeah, those things are going to happen all the time. That's part of running a business is certain things are going to ebb and flow and you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You have to diversify and um, and be able to adapt to the changing conditions because it's it's always going to be changing. I mean, you used to be able to make money as a stock photographer and that used to be incredibly lucrative and now you can you know you make pennies off an image so that's not a viable business for most people anymore so if you were completely reliant upon that and you didn't shift up then you know you would be out of the business now for sure exactly yeah i am selling a few of my photographs on a stock photography website which is not as anything full-time just for fun i guess and I recently yeah. received an email saying that one of my photos was sold. So of course I was excited. I was like, well, <laughs> how much did I earn? Like two cents. <laughs> Not excited anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, but sad. <laughs> it's funny, but sad. That's right. It just proves how things are changing. Yeah. I just want to point this out. This isn't really a question. Just want to make a comment that I think it's interesting that you are thriving as an introvert in the photography community and you're embracing the fact that you're an introvert because for many photographers who are also introverts, maybe they feel pressured to be a bit more outgoing, which is okay, I guess, but sometimes we pressure ourselves to be people that we're not. Mm -hmm. It helps a lot to meet people like you and to know that it's okay to be shy and to be quiet. Yeah. You can still be successful as a photographer. You can still meet new people. So you don't necessarily need to be a certain kind of person to be a photographer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, definitely some of the most successful people are the extroverts. They're the ones that are really loud and will, they're able to market themselves really easily. But yeah, you can definitely make it being an introvert and being someone that's quiet. Um, I, you know, I feel like I'm still, I'm able to be myself at the workshops and all the things that I do, but it's definitely forced me to be more social, I guess, and be able to express myself better and express my ideas better, especially. Um, so it's been a good challenge to, again, get out of my comfort zone. Mm, that um, sounds amazing. Yeah, you were able to learn a lot about yourself and we're always learning, right? Especially yeah. with socialized people. Yeah, absolutely. And still am. I have a long ways to go, but I'm definitely a better person because of all of this. Mm, that's great to know. Yeah. You sell a lot of products on your website. You have a book and you have uh, post-processing video tutorials. And there's one uh, tutorial that I saw. It's called Shrine Ridge Wildflowers. Uh-huh. And you edit a photograph from start to finish. And I saw that the runtime is an hour. So does it typically take you around an hour to edit a photograph? Or did you just need to explain everything and it took that long? There's a mix there. I would say these days I don't do as nearly as much editing as I used to. I used to be, you know, that's kind of a, a big grand landscape there. And I've kind of moved away from that to some degree. Um, so that one was pretty complex with a lot of focus stacking and different types of blending. So there was a lot of things to go into. You know, I picked that one because it was so complex. So there were a lot of things to go over and a lot of uh, learning opportunities. These days, I really don't do that much typically. Um, I keep it pretty simple. You know, I still do focus stacking, but that's, you know, fairly simple. Um, but I don't do like perspective blending, crazy stuff like that these days. And I don't even do that much exposure blending anymore um, because just my style has changed so much and I don't photograph into the sun as much as I used to. Um, so it doesn't require that level of processing anymore. You know, I, I found myself in the past that I was kind of slipping into this hole where I was spending hours working on an image and it was just too much. And, you know, I was spending so much time on just this one photograph and it wasn't creatively satisfying to me. Um, I like more of the, the intimate landscapes and those are typically a lot easier to process. Um, and I also have spent a lot of time figuring out how to have a simple workflow with my post-processing. So I used to be all about Photoshop and spending hours in there, but I kind of just became disillusioned with that and it was just spending way too much time on it. So I got to know Lightroom really, really well and just learned every little intimate aspect of it and figured out a workflow that is a lot easier. So I found ways to simplify things and create really, really good results that um, actually nobody else does for some reason. So I have a totally different process than 99% of the photographers out there. So I have a video that goes over that. And I don't know, I just try to simplify my workflow as much as possible so that that's more creatively satisfying for me. So I just want things to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we all want as photographers because you can get stuck in that hole 
editing world, which I think works for some people, but for me personally, yeah. I don't like spending hours in front of the computer. I just want to be out doing something yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, to each their own, I guess, but I can totally relate to that. And it's nice to simplify your process if that's what works for you and makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, totally. And a lot of people overcomplicate things in order to sell videos. Um, and I was getting kind of trapped into that that rabbit hole there too. So things don't have to be as complicated as a lot of people make them out to be. You can you know, have a really simple process and still create really nice results. It's, it's not always about taking the most technically challenging route. Um, sometimes it's better to take a simpler route that you can be more creative with. Yeah. I think when you're trying to sell a product, you want to provide as much value as possible. And so maybe that's why you take the more technical route because you want the customer to feel like they got their money's worth. But I also think it helps a lot to create something that's really practical and maybe easier than the more technical side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the direction I've gone rather than being like the expert in Photoshop. Um, I don't want to be known as that. Um, I want to be more focused on the creative side. Yeah, I've taken a much more simple approach. No, I really like that. And earlier you said that one of your Nightscape photographs went viral all of a sudden. And Uh I'd love to know what that experience was like. First of all, where did it go viral and how did you feel about that? Um, So at that time, it was, um, gosh, I think this was 2014, I think. Um, So it was on Facebook um, when Facebook was actually something um, that was useful to promote yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think, I don't I don't remember exactly, but I just posted it. Um, it was this image of the Perseids meteor shower. So I had composited meteors from the entire night and rotated them so that they were coming from um, the radiant of where you know, the meteor shower comes from. And it was something really novel at the time. Only a couple other people had done anything like that. Um, so yeah, it really blew up and went all over the place, you know, shared even without attribution <laughs> everywhere. Um, so it it just kind of went crazy. I wouldn't say anything, you know, amazing came out of that for me other than got my name out there. So it, that's what really helped give me my start Beyond that, there wasn't many opportunities. <laughs> yeah, usually when we think of going viral, we think that we're going to get job offers and right. you know, millions of people are going to follow us. At least that's how I think. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know that that does happen for some people, but it definitely wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's. I think it's cool, though. It must have been a bit intimidating, though, when you get this strong reaction from people, but probably more exciting than intimidating. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very cool at the time. Well, I have one more question for you, David, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, eventually I would like to create my own um, a coffee table book. I think that's a lot of the ultimate goal for, you know, if people are more focused on creative photography these days, it's something beyond just posting it online. That's you know, definitely a goal I've set in my mind. We were published in the, the lens work monograph um, last year so that was amazing to see our, our work in print going beyond that and creating something 
um, much bigger and much more much more personal to me is the goal eventually. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And what would you like the theme of that book to be? Oh, geez, I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nature but, photography, wilderness first responders, adventures. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, um, I, I love inspiring our workshop clients and helping them to grow, you know, beyond where they're at now and helping them find their voice. It's amazing to see people who really run with it and, you know, find their vision and start creating just incredible work and the joy that it brings them. That's just one of the most um, rewarding parts of this is seeing other people grow. I totally understand that. And I think it's one of the most gratifying parts of being photography educator as you are seeing those results and being able to ignite that spark in people and giving them yeah. the guidance that they need to move forward confidently. I think yeah. it's also really exciting to have a physical copy of your own work in, in your hands. So yeah, yeah. understand your, your desire to have a coffee table book. And I really hope that that dream will come true for you and that you will continue inspiring many people through your workshops and through your websites. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really enjoyed getting to know yeah. you. And I really Absolutely. look forward to seeing more photos of yours in the future. Yeah, thank you, Taya. Thank you. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day, which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.